I've always enjoyed that three-week focus on prayer and self-denial that the Baptist churches have had for many years. And it is a time when we pray more intently for our missionaries and focus on giving something up so that we can give the money we've saved to help support our Baptist missionaries. Never quite yet given up the coffee, but one of these days. So this year the focus is still on supporting our, our missionaries prayerfully and financially, but as we've heard, the new title is Renew Together. And today being the first of the three weeks of Renew Together, the topic is mutual humility, and the passage chosen is the story of the parable of the sower. Now, it's a well-known and a simple story, so I did wonder what I would be able to say about it. But we'll read Matthew 13, chapter three, uh, verse 3. Jesus told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they had not much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell upon thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. The setting of the story shows Jesus sitting by the Sea of Galilee with a great crowd around him, He's teaching them, and the crowd is eager to hear what he has to say. In Mark's account of this story, Jesus begins with the word, listen. And in Matthew's account that we've just read, he ends with, he who has ears, let him hear. So Jesus points to the significance of listening carefully to his parables, if we are to really understand them. This story is always called the parable of the sower. But it's actually about the sower, the seed, and the soil. We really have no control over where the sower scatters the seed or the quality of the seed. But the four types of soil are descriptive of us all. The emphasis in the story is on the four places where the seed fell and what happened to the seed depending on the type of soil it fell in. I don't think there's any doubt that the description of the four places where the seed fell, was where the seed was scattered, is representative of our different responses to the teachings of Jesus. We can learn a lot from looking at soil. <laughs> My life has been made easy this morning because I don't need to guess what Jesus meant by this parable. Because a few verses later, the Bible tells us exactly what the parable means. Matthew 13, verse 18. Hear then the parable of the sower. 
When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is he who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the delight in riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is he who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. So firstly, there's the resistant response. This is shown by the seed that fell on the pathway. Some seed fell on the path. This doesn't mean a concrete path. It means a well-used path where the soil is hard and compacted down from people walking on it regularly. The path is so hard that seed cannot penetrate the surface and is soon eaten by birds. This may be a reference to the hardness of heart of the religious authorities who were so opposed to the teachings of Jesus. But we have to realise it can represent anyone who hardens their heart to the message of Jesus. There's nothing wrong with the seed, but if it can't penetrate the surface to put down roots, it will never grow. What this hard ground needs is to be tilled. We need the tillers, Angela. <laughs> the hard crust on the surface needs to be broken open so that the deeper, softer soil can be exposed. The hard soil needs to be softened. If you're listening and sense that you are best described as this soil, what you need is to work on becoming softer, softer to the word of God. How can you do that? Maybe by reading more about the life of Jesus from the Bible for five or 10 minutes a day perhaps by simply praying that God would soften your heart to see who the person of Jesus really is. Secondly, there's a shallow response. This is demonstrated by the seed that fell on rocky ground. Although the seed seemed to have fallen on good ground, it appears that maybe it's only a thin layer of topsoil over a heavier soil. Maybe there's even clay or limestone underneath. So the seed sprouts, but the roots don't penetrate deeply and the plant withers under the heat of the sun. This soil is given the most attention by Jesus. It's best described as what it is not. Three times the word not appears in these two verses. There was not much earth. They did not have deep earth. They did not have any roots. This soil describes nominal Christians who start off growing and doing well, 
but they soon fall away when following Jesus becomes too hard. We all know people like the soil. They come to faith in Jesus with excitement and exuberance, but that passes quickly and they've soon moved on. What happened? Jesus describes these people as having shallow soil. The roots of the seed are unable to go deep and find moisture in the earth, and they soon shrivel in the hot sun. If you're listening and sense you might be described as this soil, then what you need is depth. You need practices of prayer, Bible reading, the support of a mentor, and being actively involved in God's service. We all have a role we can perform, and these practices enable growth and depth. Thirdly, there's a distracted response. This is representative of the seed that fell on thorny ground. In this case, the soil is good. The seeds sprout and the roots start to grow down deep. There's plenty of nourishment in the soil and the seeds are beginning to thrive. The plants grow. But what happens is that the thorns also grow well in the soil and start to choke out the good plants. The thorns take over and flourish, so the plants start to wilt. If this parable is all about humble listening, then these people have had their ability to listen to the word choked out. They've let too many other voices take precedence and have lost focus on the distinctive voice of Jesus. Sadly, it's all too easy to be overtaken by other important issues, agendas and concerns, none of which may be bad or wrong in themselves. But they can take over and become a distraction and the commitment to the word of God takes last place. C.S. Lewis said, If Satan can't make you sin, he will make you busy. We were created to worship, and many will fall into the trap of worshipping the things of this world rather than focusing on Jesus. This part of the parable illustrates the power of money and earthly treasure which prevent our undivided loyalty to Christ. We need to watch out for the company we keep and the temptations around us which choke out our own growth. If you're listening and sense you might be described as this soil, then what you need is less clutter. You need space in your heart for listening to the word of God. You need time and energy to spend with God as a priority in your life. Here's a little chart about the first three types of soil. The pathway is hard and it needs softening. The rocky ground is shallow and it needs depth. The thorny ground is cluttered and it needs space. Well, lastly, there's the productive response. This is the result of good soil. There's nothing complicated about this soil. It isn't special. The essential thing is that seed entered the soil and thrived. 
the word of God is heard for what it is. This seed is the life-changing and life-empowering gospel of Jesus who died and was resurrected as the first fruit of the new kingdom. This dying seed that brings new life took root deep in the hearts and lifestyles of this soil. Good soil will always bear fruit, much fruit. The people described as this soil did three things. They heard, they really heard and understood the message. They accepted, they received the seed and let it grow deep. And they produced fruit, they let the seed flourish and produce fruit. This soil alone illustrates what it means to be a true disciple of Jesus. When a person really understands the gospel message and receives it willingly, the growth will be evident in their lives. Although there's much loss from the seed that falls in the other three soil types, the seed that falls in this type yields an abundant harvest. Now, normally a worker probably sowed the seed in the fields. But in this parable, the sower of the seed represents Jesus. So it's God's message that's at stake here. God's message of salvation and eternal life is spread and scattered generously, even knowing that some of the seed will fall on poor soil and never come to the fruition of a harvest. The main thing that distinguishes the good soil from the rest is fruitfulness. The passage doesn't say that this good soil had no stones in it. It doesn't mention that there were no thorns. It calls the soil good because of the fruitfulness shown by the harvest. This good soil allows the seed to germinate and create deep roots. The focus is not on irrigation or removing weeds, which may have to be done, but solely on enabling the seed to go deep into the soil to produce a harvest. The core message of this parable is to listen with humility. If we're to be involved with the mission of helping the poor, the disadvantaged and unreached people of the world, we must start with listening. This is a humbling step, one where we don't come with all the answers, techniques and control, but rather we come with open hearts and listening ears, knowing that God is already at work in people's lives and that each person has much to teach us. We aspire to follow the example of Jesus by seeking mutual humility and living in sacrificial service to others. It was wonderful to hear this morning of some who've been on the mission field and to hear what has changed their lives and the effect they've had on the lives of others. Jesus describes the word as a seed, and we know that for a seed to bring new life, it must fall into the ground and break open to let new life come. This is exactly what Jesus did with his own life. We are called to be humble, dying to our pride, 
and letting go of our tendency to control. Our job is to bear fruit and to equip others to bear fruit in their lives. I'll finish with a quote from Henry Nguyen's book, Life of the Beloved. One of the greatest acts of faith is to believe that the few years we live on this earth are like a little seed planted in a very rich soil. For this seed to bear fruit, it must die. We often see or feel only the dying, but the harvest will be abundant even when we ourselves are not the harvesters. How different would our life be were we truly able to trust that it multiplied in being given away? How different would our life be if we could but believe that every little act of faithfulness, every gesture of love, every word of forgiveness, every little bit of joy and peace will multiply as long as there are people to receive it and that even then there will be leftovers. That's an abundant harvest. God is counting on us to be part of his work and he promises a harvest, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let's pray. Father, we thank you particularly for our missionaries all over the world that invest their time and effort and energy into helping others hear this word and preparing the soil for them to receive the message. But for each of us, we all have a role to play and we pray that you help us to be good soil where your word is received and it grows and we can encourage others and help them to bear fruit for your glory. Amen.